and your mics are muted. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of COVID Launch Success Stories, where I introduce you to some amazing founders that have launched some amazing projects during and businesses during this lockdown period. Now, I cannot tell you how excited I am to introduce you to Paul and Yemi, founders of Herbie Box. Now, what is so, what I love about this show is it's not about businesses that I have necessarily worked with. These are all businesses that I just love because primarily I've been a customer and I'm like, this is amazing. And how did you even do this um, in this period? And how are you absolutely killing it um, at this time? And so I really want to get into it, really unpack what Herbie Box is all about. And yeah, hear Paul and Yemi's story. So hi, Paul and Yemi. Welcome. Hey, hey, hey. good evening. Yeah, it's super amazing to have you guys here. So firstly, tell us your story. Like, what is the story about, you know, of Herbie Box and how are we even here? Go on, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, her, so I guess Herbie Box, um, it kind of started through a frustration or problem that I faced myself when I tried to introduce my own energy levels through a natural way. So Paul and I, we've known each other for 10 years. And amidst how he's been um, building his platform, like with herbs, veganism and healthy eating. But I also was interested in like, okay, how can I try and boost my energy levels using herbs? Um, and so that led me down the path of doing a lot of my own research and spending over a hundred pounds on all these different herbs. Now, when it came to me actually mixing it and blending it, I went yeah. off my own in intuition, but I mixed it the wrong way. And so as a result, I had it and I started feeling crazy dizzy. Now, luckily I had someone such as Paul to help me on a journey and actually see where the mistakes I had made, where they lie. And so what we basically was trying to do was say, okay, everybody else who wants to try and um, have better sleep, boost energy levels, um, boost their immunity, help with their brain, wherever it may be, how can we help them, give them the actual tools where they're able to um, use herbs, but use them safely and in yeah. an easily and fun way. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I came across you at such an interesting time because actually in December I was ill. I, I don't know if I probably had COVID. But anyway, I was ill for like two weeks and I remember just searching LinkedIn, just scrolling as you do, and I saw that you launched in Selfridges. And I don't know what it is about the time that we're in, um, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, but just seeing you kind of have this success, it was just like amazing. And not only that, from that perspective, but I was at a point where I needed to get healthy, don't know nothing about vegan food, healthy eating, all of that. And I just thought, what an amazing product, because I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And so on a personal level, it seems like such a great time where people are trying to um, take better care of their health, um, and really, yeah, just make better choices. So I, I really love that. So Paul, how did you even get into herbs? It's like, I think, you know, when people talk about finding a passion, right? Um, mm. They speak about it from a way of, it's not them that found the passion, but it's the passion that found them. Yeah. So with, with like herbs and healthy eating, before I guess I fell in love with the whole idea of using natural ways to boost wellness, I was like the least likely to be the person I am today. Mm -hmm. I was the guy who ordered junk food, that's my name, 
order order eating out that was my that was my my forte until i think what happened was i i had a a self-experiment where Mm -hmm. i decided to cut out one food that i ate so regularly i said i'm going to give it a break for two weeks yeah cut out two weeks and uh i noticed some changes within myself whether it's like my skin changes whether it's changes to how i was sleeping and the curiosity got the better of me so you understand that okay there's these things that's happening there's a correlation to the foods that i'm eating let me research after all of that research it's led me down to finding more about herbs it's led me down to finding about ancient wellness techniques it's led me to writing several books on the subject has led wow. me to write uh, having like a huge or well, relatively big community of people yeah. on on youtube or instagram who are all trying to increase and boost their own wellness naturally so yeah. it's literally uh, a happy mistake that's basically yeah. led to 10 years of dedication to a subject but i love that i love that for a number of reasons but it's this idea that you said that the passion found finds you and you know for me i'm passionate about not just you know supporting launches of just any project but legacy driven projects and for me this has the dna of a legacy driven project and the interesting thing is you know when you're launching something like that you just know in your gut that actually and there is this kind of the passion does come first and the purpose kind of does come first i love that and you can't kind of force that that absolutely does find you so i love that and so let's talk about you and paul uh, you and yemi sorry so i always admire co-founder kind of relationships because the entrepreneurial journey isn't easy so just having someone that you can kind of bounce with the ups the downs the highs the lows let's talk about how you came together um to become co-founders Sure. So, I mean, me and Paul, we've known each other for coming up to about 10, 11 years now. Um, So we went to university together and we met literally on the first day and we immediately clicked. And there was another three other guys in our friendship group from university. And we basically started a business together um, where we were basically providing alternative events to people who don't want to party. So this is discos showcases events, anything like that so we built our relationship through that way and then yeah. after university um i went down the corporate route whereas paul mm-hmm. um was quite strong and ready to go down the entrepreneurship route which has yeah. led him on this path this long tail path mm-hmm. and we've always kept in touch we've always been good friends and about two years ago nearly two years ago i quit my job to basically start my own thing um because whilst i was working i found it very very difficult to basically have a double life where in the daytime i'm doing my day job but in the nighttime i'm trying to figure things out and work on different projects that i was that i was doing and on top of that like my wife now she she wasn't happy with me not being able to spend any time with her so i made that decision um and went into different projects relating to finance but i think towards the end of 2019 um paul and i we came together we started a podcast where we're basically encouraging people um again alternative ways in which they can boost their health and well-being and tips that can help them push their limits and it was through that journey whereby we um started to say okay let's let's look at herbie box and start herbie box because when i was looking at paul's um comments and a lot of the questions or or things that his um, community were mentioning and it was always around like how can i 
be better with herbs? Where can I get them from? How do I make sure they're safe? How do I mix them and the rest of it? Which then linked back to the problem that I had two years ago. Um, and so we just said, you know what? Let's just do it. So we worked on a couple of different ideas. Um, and when we found the iteration that works, within 24 yeah. hours, um, we had our first sale. So we said, okay, yeah. this is what, this is the angle we're yeah. going on. Let's try and um, refine this proposition and keep on working at it. Yeah. Um, I think the benefit is of having a co-founder that you've known for a decade is the fact that we can talk about anything, you know, yeah. not just business related, it might be family related, it might be mm. fi investments, finances, whatever it may be. And I feel like there's times when I've been low, and then Paul yeah. brings me up. And yeah. conversely, when he's low, I hope to bring him up as well. Well, I like to think so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I think there's a couple of things that I want to draw out. You know, when I, um, last year, I, you know, I, I did a lot of lives on, you know, the time that we're in, if you're launching kind of the things that you need to have. And one of those things was the three C's of the season. And one of those C's, you know, collective brain power, creative thinking and collaboration. And I think that, especially in times like this, it's so important that you have someone. Um, so if you are thinking of launching, you know, definitely finding a co-founder, even though I don't have one, is something that I highly recommend. And even if you don't have one, have an accountability partner, a business kind of buddy, somebody, because this journey by yourself, do you know what I mean? It's like, and, and also they say that businesses that don't have a co-founder are, are less likely to succeed as well. So that's even more reason to find one. And then the other thing I wanted to point out is that when people often ask, you know, what should I launch? Do I have all these ideas or how should I launch it? You know, one of the best ways to do it is follow where the need is, because there is a difference between a real problem and a perceived problem. Mm -hmm. And so even though you knew that obviously Herbie Box was where it was at, um, because that was your passion, you merged that with the commercial angle, the profit, so the purpose and the profit came together beautifully, you know, in saying, actually, this is what people are asking. This is what it seems like they need and really following that. So I love that mm -hmm. how the, the purpose and the profit, the commercial and the vision kind of came together. So, so, so good. Um, and there's another thing, actually, I want to touch on. Because I think there's always this, there's two sides of the coin. Do I quit this job and go completely full throttle? Or do I kind of balance the two? And I don't think that there is a right or wrong. Um, I kind of left kind of similar to you. I was like, you know, quite different. I had been in corporate for 10 years. was like, and I planned to leave at 10 years. Also got redundancy, so I had a little bit of cash. But for me, it was always going to be all or nothing, but I don't necessarily recommend that. Like, but what you say about the work-life balance with family as well, can you really juggle the two? So can both of you speak to that and what your thoughts are on that? Uh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I'll go first. Mm -hmm. My route has been different, right? So uh, on my third year of uni, I, I did a placement. And from my placement year, I was offered a grad scheme to, to start once I finished uni. I think it was a 30K starting salary. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately, I ultimately ended up turning down the grad scheme to start an entrepreneurial mm -hmm. route directly out of uni. Mm -hmm. So 2013, I think the first business I started was a, a juicing company. So mm -hmm. like, it's always been around health, well-being, and helping people in some regards. Yeah. You know, started a juicing company, 
from the juicing company, I tried to do a, a tech health tech business where basically helping employees live healthier through uh, this platform I created. Mm. I guess what I would say if I was to go back is there's nothing wrong with learning the, the goals or learning how to run a business or understand the intricacies of a business whilst getting paid for it. So there's nothing yeah, wrong with joining for four years, gaining the skills. There's nothing wrong with uh, joining the early business or even in a corporate space, learning management. That's mm. what, that's the, I guess, the pros and cons that I've thought about if I was to go back and do the journey all over again. Mm. Because really, truly, your destiny is a destiny, right? Different yeah. routes will get you there. Absolutely. But, but there's a lot more pressures, you know, going straight at it. Mm -hmm. but I guess, yeah. He has the exact opposite point of view as well. So it'd be good to get your thoughts on it because you did the corporate the corporate route for what six, seven years? Yeah. So um I I took the less risky route whereby I, I had the grad scheme um offered. So I basically took it. And it was funny because as Paul mentioned, the juicing example, literally the day before my um first day at work, we were literally at a carnival getting ready so i remember the sunday no the monday night i think i didn't sleep till maybe about four and i got to work on tuesday about what 9 a.m so i didn't really sleep on that was my first day at work wow and, and i i've always known that there's there's more like you can always do way more than um what's given to you in a given day especially if you're young in your career like in your early 20s you go to work you might be working say nine to six or nine to five or nine to seven but there's still time on the weekends and evenings for you to work on different projects and find out what you like to do. So in my first couple of years of working, I was studying for my accountancy exams. Then once that was over and done with, I said, okay, what am I gonna do next? And that's when I started building up my own clients, started writing around uh, personal finance. And so I was doing that for a few years. Then from personal finance, I started going into like business finance. So helping small businesses raise, um, raise finance for their um, projects through loans and investment and whatnot. But then, it does get to that point and i feel when when you are deciding to say okay i'm gonna pack it in for work then you kind of need to know what you're going to do yes. um and if you have an idea whether it's vague or strong work on it simultaneously so mm. try and find out okay if i want to go and do a business selling cups for example then how can you test that idea whilst you're still getting paid yeah. um how can you build up your network whilst you're still getting paid because as soon as you leave your job you're literally in the wilderness and yeah, literally. you're literally in the wilderness and it's very very hard like your confidence will fluctuate you'll be at mm home -hmm. and you have to bring yourself up and yeah. having a strong network around you is super 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 important i would also say like if you're yeah. no if you know you want to go into entrepreneurship what of your current skill set can you monetize and yeah. then you can go into say freelancing or contracting in between going to running your business or if you have a friend that's running a business and you know you can help them, go and help that friend. Yeah. Because there's too many instances where people are going their separate ways and rather than helping mm -hmm. your friend, you're competing with your friend. So yes. how can you basically bring your minds together and make that business which is earning X mil, double, mm -hmm. triple, quadruple, and then go from there? Yes, yeah, such wisdom um, in that. And I think there is something about supporting someone else's dream before you launch out on your own as well mm -hmm. um and i think i love the entrepreneurial journey and i think one thing that we're hearing is that there's no hard fast there's no hard and fast rules your 
journey and Paul's journey were very different. My journey and your journey is very different, but we all landed launching projects that we love. And so there's no hard and fast rule, but you know, I think so often we do, there is that kind of rugged individualism in the entrepreneurial space. And so I love what you say about, you know what, if someone's out there and you can support and help that help make that happen, then do that for them. Because in that, that could be your best learning experience in yeah. doing that. So, you know, so good. So I wanna, we have a couple of questions and a couple of comments that I just um, wanna go through. So yeah. Definitely try this out, guys. Great, thanks, Salem. And Salem has an amazing um, uh, natural hair product uh, product line as well, root to tips. So she's kind of in that same kind of wellness, healthy space as well. So thank you so much, um, everyone here live. Welcome. Thank you for joining live, whether you're watching live or catching the replay. Who else do we have? Um, Ola Dape. Did it take a while for Holy Box to get traction, and how did you deal with that? Um, I'd say I'd say it did take a while. Like um, when we first, when we had our first iteration of the website, that was maybe um, mid to late February. So it did take us a couple of weeks. And so for us, it was a case of saying, okay, what kind of offers? How do we make sure we can communicate our value proposition um, correctly? How do we make sure we add value before someone buys? Because I think I don't know what the exact number is, but most people they need to see your product maybe eight five or eight yeah, times absolutely. or something like that before yeah. they make a purchase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so understanding the journey of how you can educate your customers, especially if it's a product that they haven't seen before, I think yeah. that's also quite important. Um, but yeah, when you're not getting any sales, it hurts. It where it can take but at the same time, you have to know that you're um, it's it's a it's a journey, it's a marathon. You're not going to hit everything 100. percent And yeah. understanding where what your assumptions are. And being able to admit when you're wrong that mm -hmm. is key you're not always mm -hmm. going to be right so you have to find out where you're going to hit the wall what's going to um basically kill your business that one question that can kill your business go and find out what that question is and what the answer to the answer to it is and then as you go through that discovery then you'll be able to refine your proposition and actually get to that first sale as it were really really good um so yeah, and what it what I think I really admire about you both as well is this idea to listen to the market. Like it's so important. So often like we have an idea and we think it's great and we want to launch it in a silo. And I think that's one of the biggest launch mistakes people make. You have this idea, you think it's great. You think everyone else is going to think it's great because you've asked your mom, your sister and your friend and they said yes. And actually the market says no, you know. Um, and I think just to point out here, I guess our first kind of interaction personally was when you messaged, I, we got an email that said, we want to ask you questions. Um, and I loved that. And you picked up the phone and we had a chat. Um, and it was just, it was great that you touch base with your clients like that. Um, and just, I think, as much as you're commercially minded, you're very human. And as, as someone that doesn't really know you, um, and this has been like my first few encounters with you, you're very human and personable. And I think that comes through um, in your brand, even from the fact that, you know, when we spoke and I said, um, I'm, I must have mentioned my husband and the tea and the fact that I bought him some tea and you put extra veils in the, you know, in my delivery and you sent me a t-shirt and I mean, those are the things that will have people buying from you. And it's genuine. It's not because you wanted me to buy more boxes. I've since bought, you know, more boxes and gifted them. So gift them, buy them for yourself, guys. Just amazing. But I just love your whole value system. And I think this is the difference between 
um, you know, a fly by night business that is about just six figures in six months and one that is going to be around 10, 15, 20 years from now. And so this is the type of business and the values and ethos that I want to bring to the fore because it's not it's about money, but it's not about money. It's about so much more. So kudos to you both um, on that note. So let's get into the fact that we are in COVID and how that affected your decision to, oh, before I go, actually, I've missed Cheryl's comments. So I don't, I don't want to miss any comments. So let me just bring that up and let's uh, see what uh, Cheryl is saying. Having another person with you on the journey is beneficial on many levels. However, personality fit is critical. Really good point. Let's speak about that. Um, and how personalities as co-founders and, and if that had any bearings or how it works, you know. I, I'm going to let Paul, I want Paul to answer this. I want to know his <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, this, I think it's, it's crucial, you know, the dynamics between co-founders or team literally sets the foundation for the potential of the company. So like during my eight years of trying to build is it 10 years of trying to build things that oh seven years my maths of trying to build things that potentially can add value to the world i've been um lucky enough to have a wide to have had a wide range of co-founders and even though you know one of the key mistakes you can make very early on is the saying yes to the first person who says you know i like your idea i want to work with you about it's like it's like a marriage right you know they say it's harder to to get rid of your co-founder than it is to, to get divorced along those lines right so you know get ensuring that that fit is so crucial and the reason i'm lucky enough is because i've been able to learn from some of those bad situations uh that i've mm. been in. um uh yes hopefully i'll ask the question but yeah co-founder personality fit luckily i mean He's, he's, he's a legend in himself. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, because um, similar to Paul, like I, because why I left my job actually, so I went onto a program called Entrepreneur First, and mm -hmm. yeah. essentially um, the whole point of it is for you to find a co-founder. So I like to like to compare it to um, the Apprentice meets Love Island in the sense that you try to find your co-founder. If it doesn't work, you divorce. Um, and you and you start again and similar to Paul my experience through that program you really realize um do you actually get on with this person how can you actually get through the difficulties especially if you can't have hard conversation your can't hard conversations your business aren't, isn't going to go anywhere and I think with Paul and I our personalities they're similar but different which yeah. comes quite nicely yeah. um because I know that when like there might be some cases where I'm like oh I don't want to do I don't want to do this I don't know Paul like just do it and there's other cases where Paul's like, okay, let's just do it. And I said, wait, let's actually put it in place. Yeah. So it works. And I feel you yeah. just got to find the best person for that. Yeah, so good. So I'm actually, my husband's actually here. So let me bring him on. What are you saying, Mike? Firstly, yeah, we love, we both love your product. Like we sit there drinking your tea. So it's <laughs> cool. Um, okay. So yeah. And then um, Salem keeping your ear to the ground to hear your consumers whispering is key. Smaller brands do this with ease. Absolutely. So let's talk about uh, COVID. <laughs> so what impact has COVID had? Would you have launched um, anyway? Did it change the timeline? How has it impacted you? 
Um, I think, I think. Well, I, I mean, I think we would have probably done it already. Um, we would, but COVID forced us to launch quickly. Literally, okay. the um, Paul was actually meant to go to LA around the time when we was meant to launch, and so that was gonna delay our launch by maybe a month or so. But because his flight was cancelled based on lockdown, we yeah. said, you know, we have to launch, so we just had to yeah. go ahead with it. Um, there have been some difficulties with suppliers and um, deliveries. That's been a challenge, but mm. I feel you just got to make, make do with what you, what's given to you. You just got to handle yeah. it. So yeah. some cases where we know that deliveries were getting lost in the, in the post. Mm -hmm. So rather than relying on Royal Mail, we said, okay, cool, let's just do it ourselves. So yeah. there were times um, where we, even up till now, we still will go out and hand deliver our parcels, especially if the customer needs them quite quickly. And we just can't rely on um, the postal services at wow. that time. Yeah. So um, what would you say to somebody who is wanting to launch a product or a project or a business now? And they're like, you know what, I'm not sure. You know, the government says that the economic situation is terrible. What advice would you give to someone having done it yourself? I think, I think when you're considering what's best to do and what not to do, it's always better to let the market decide. And yeah. the only way to really let the market decide is to either get something to the market that could be like a landing page, for example, to mm -hmm. even test to see if anyone responds to it, or start start on the list of assumptions that your product your product needs to be right for before mm -hmm. you can sell a product. So, for example, if you're making a product for like an app for grandmothers, you know, you mm -hmm. might ask grandmothers, uh, "Do you actually use mobile phone apps?" I think. Yeah. And then once you've even find out some of these assumptions, you can understand if now is the right time to launch or not. But yeah. we can always sit and make assumptions about what we think will happen. But until we actually get out and speak to people or present something to people that people can actually buy to test, exactly. um, we'll never know. Like we we started with, I guess, some landing pages uh, to test our product idea or assumptions very mm -hmm. early. And we saw how people responded to it. The initial people who did respond to it, we tried to get people on the phone to speak about why they did respond to it. And that helped us, I guess, reiterate our, our messaging or understand if now's the right time to go all in for. Because Yemi, off the, off the, from, from the beginning, was like, yes, we're going full time. So for you to make that sort of commitment, you need the conviction that the market tells you. Yeah, love it. Such wisdom in that. Um, so another question for you. So Mike, so targeting a premium market, was there ever any temptation to have a, a white face to the brand targeting the buyers of Selfridges, et cetera? Are there any examples of where your culture has helped or hindered? Interesting, really good question, Mike, thanks. I think it's a yeah, extremely good question. I yeah. think, I'm not sure why, but we, as young black guys, right mm -hmm. there is this this either feeling because it's not the first i'll give you example with my my previous company star tech um mm -hmm. i was nowhere to be seen right it was just good branding good website and uh when people contacted then they know who's behind it yeah. and i'm not sure where that whole idea that uh if you're the face of it you might get judged first before people judge your brand mm -hmm. when we started we wanted uh ever for the pro or for the con of it but we started 
a brand that we wanted to be seen as 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 quality in spite of us even yeah. though ourselves to the forefront people would have still associated with quality and especially with like yemi's network with my network with my platform we wanted we wanted it to be standalone and then once we brought ourselves to the forefront you know it is complementary to what we've already done so yes. that way our first hundred customers for example are buying because they love the product they 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 love what we do they love the vision as opposed to oh, i like paul or i, or I like yeah. yeah yeah so or, good so um in terms of like you know ignorance from like the whole white face element it's hard to say i think, mm -hmm. I think what what we are finding is in general a slight bit a slight bit of culture is now uh something that sets, can set you apart so mm -hmm. elements of you into your brand uh is a positive but there is also pros and cons but yeah. if people are against buying from your brand because they don't like something about you is it really worth taking their money anyway yeah, true. so true so true so I, I i really love that and i think it really taps into this other area of marketing where it's like the the should you appear versus shouldn't you appear and i think you you've got a really great balance um, in your business. So I want to actually talk about the product. So I am, um, I love the theme box. Like I, like I love it. Um, the smell, the taste, everything about it. So let's talk about what the product is, how you use it, where you can get it from. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And what, what your range is before we go into your most recent launch campaign. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the products. So um, what we essentially do is match or match certain health and well-being goals with blends that are tailored towards it. So, for example, the box that you're holding up right now is called the Athene, and that box is targeted to help with um, cognition and also with blood flow. So within each box, you have um, a seven-day course of herbs yeah. that you take daily. You can either take them in the morning or in the evening. And so all you have to do is literally empty the bottle of herbs into the tea bag, add it to hot water and relax. So it's very, very simple. But the key thing for us is essentially involving you as part of that routine. So rather than it just being popping a pill or just adding a simple tea bag to um to literally like to a little like a literal um mug of hot water, you're really involved in that process because we find that that whole experience it increases the level of commitment people will have when they're trying to make a step um a step into the right direction for whatever lifestyle changes they want to make so um yeah that's what it is i love it and i just want to show because everything about your product is quality everything and i think what i love about this is every day it feels like i'm treating myself um like i was saying um to paul like I um, lost my train of thought, but yeah, I love the product. Oh, that's it. I've extended the seven days. Like you're meant to have it in seven days. And because I love the tea so much, I kind of have staggered it a little bit, which is why I've still got some left, even though my next box is coming next week. But I just want to show you like if everything, like I'm very much about quality. Like I don't, you know, don't worry about, I'm not worried about the price point. I just want quality at this point. Um, and so just everything from your bottles that I don't even want to throw away to the quantity of the tea, to the smell of it, like it's a whole experience and it's actually become habit forming for me. Like it's become part of my work habit. 
Um, and not only am I seeing, you know, the difference in my concentration and my focus during the day, but it feels like a treat for myself. So there's kind of a self-care element as well in there as well. So I absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, let's go into your latest campaign. So what I love about launching is that, yes, you have this big launch of the thing, of the business, but there's always a series of launches that come after that. And so you've really been niche and you haven't come out with a complete range. It seems like you've you know, you're, you're coming out with, you know, you started with a couple and you're adding to them. So let's talk about your Valentine's campaign, the SNX box. So firstly, let's talk about what the SNX box is. And then let's break down the campaign because it, it was actually quite genius. So it's like, it, it looks from a visual perspective, it's like S plus X, which is like, it's like, it's an acronym, right? It's like yeah. central, you know, it's yeah. uh it's exciting, you know, it's it's basically a, a box to help people, you know, his and hers find a deeper connection or deep rooted connection, no pun intended, using herbs and natural natural uh tips and tricks. So it within the box it has herbs that historically have been used to to strengthen and deepen love. Mm -hmm. And it has like Ayurvedic massage oils. It also has a uh uh a game or card cards, right? That can be used between couples to essentially create an atmosphere of uh, of love. Yeah. So there are, there are like for me, it was a whole masterclass in marketing. And as a marketer, I just like we just need to break it down because one was your timing, the fact that it was launched on Valentine's Day. There was this sense of anticipation because a few weeks before. Um, you know, you were putting out feelers for it. Um, and so we knew that it was coming. We knew something was coming. Then you trickled out the branding. And the branding was, of course, on theme, but it was also on brand. So you can see that it was very much in keeping. So I absolutely loved it. Um, so on the day, you know, you know, everyone was sharing on Instagram and you had in your stories. And then on the day it launched and it was practically sold out. This, before we talk about the fact that it was sold out, Personally, why I love the campaign so much is because not only was it timely, but you tackled a subject that can be quite, I'm quite prudish, especially on social media, but you kept it all the way classy, but it was very clear what the box was about. It was so on brand. It was so well done. Um, so just hands up to you. And so you just need to go and look at that campaign as an example of you know, seasonal marketing number one, because sometimes seasonal marketing can be so cliche, the stages of the campaign um, and just the execution of the creative um, because it was exceptional. Um, so that is that is that. So yeah, I, I love that. So talk to us about that campaign and how it came about and, you know, yeah. Um, so what we you hit the nail on the head correctly. So what we try and do every when it comes to our new products, we mm -hmm. um, like to test it, see how they perform. So yeah. with the S plus Xbox, um, which started as a conversation between me and Paul back in December, um, mm -hmm. it was a case of saying, okay, we know Valentine's Day is on fourteenth, so mm -hmm. that means we need people to receive their box like maybe a week before that. So that means yeah. we need to be selling it from the first of February. So then work it backwards. How much time do people need? before um, they actually are able to buy it. Yeah. And it was still quite tight on time. Um, yeah. 
like we only had seven days but the key thing was basically trying to encourage people to get onto the waiting list so that as soon as the product becomes live then they're able to get it before it sells out so um we use a mixture of say puns so if you go on our page you might see a post that says baby i'm cumin yes Obviously, that was hilarious actually yeah so, yeah so something like that where you're like yeah. hold on a second what's going on here yeah. and then you actually read the, the 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 text or the caption that goes with it and it just again it interests you so again keeping things light-hearted similarly yeah. with some of the illustrations that we used um keeping it light-hearted some of the um educational aspects because even if someone doesn't buy the product we still yeah. want them to learn more and understand more when it comes to um desire connection and, and yeah. um intensifying love between you and your partner so it's yeah. all encompassed within say those stages um and just taking people on that journey so even after we launch and we sell out we're still educating other customers who didn't yeah. get the box what the box is about and even making things available so for example we worked with um a platform called the frequency and they made us a whole slow jam playlist so that's wow. something which is exclusive for the espa sex customers but we made it available yeah. for everybody so they can enjoy too yeah really also really good. also yeah. an exciting uh chain of emails that accompanied that as well mm. so for those who got it they yeah i think it was a whole experience in regards to that that yeah, yeah. we had a yeah. An, an expert come in and give some tips as well via email that yeah. was uh, that was interesting so yeah mm. just kind of on a journey ensuring that you know from start to the end and even after the end that they get mm. value you know their yeah. contact time with us amazing so what's next guys what other boxes can we look forward to what's next for you without giving away too much essentially we have uh a few boxes similar so you know we started with one uh one became two two became three plus six and we have a couple boxes that are dropping over the next three months so we have a box also to to gut health uh mm-hmm. another box that's for for men so actually mm-hmm. uh partnered with a charity for it actually so 10 percent of the profits for men will go towards like uh this charity that helps with this company sorry that helps with uh mm-hmm. therapy because yeah uh, as a personal for me and and, and and Yemi, more men need to, I guess, invest time in understanding more of their, their mental health. So that's something that's coming in the next two months, the men, the men box, the women's box. And we have a few of our exciting things that we're, we're, we're launching, but a new box will arrive every month for the next four months on the 1st of wow. the month. So the 1st of March, <laughs> can expect an announcement within the next uh, four or five days and then the first of um a month after another announcement or a box will be launching great so um i've got a few more questions to ask you but can we give people the website if they want to go look at these boxes purchase these boxes boxes for themselves for a friend for someone where can they buy them from sure so um www herbybox.com so h-e-r-b-y-b-o-x.com and um what we've done as well so for the people who have listened today we've got a 10 percent discount 
Um, <laughs> on the checkout, all you need to do is enter LSS10 and that will give you the first box. So let me put that in the chat. So what is that code? LSS. So um, launch success stories 110. 110. 10. One zero, sorry. One zero. Yeah. So Lima Sugar Sugar 110. That's right. One zero. One zero. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. So a couple final questions I want to ask you is what has been your biggest highlight in the journey so far? What's been my biggest highlight? I guess we can do one each, right? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, um, launching in Selfridges was pretty dope. Um, like, especially because a lot of the work that went in behind the scenes and then when it actually was announced and it actually went live, it definitely was a highlight. I think one of the highlights that happen regularly is always talking to customers. So being able to talk yeah. to you and then things like this happen and be able to build yeah. like a deeper connection, I always find that valuable because it's just so interesting getting to know yeah. a bit more about our customers. Um, that's my point, yeah. I think, you know, the journey is always full of like small highlights, you know, mm. memorable moments that I'm at yeah, one o'clock like, hear me, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> but one of the, one of the bigger things from the Sunday times, I think that one for me was, it was huge. So our first, mm. so our first roof, was you know in the Sunday Times and in quite a big category as well. So it had mm. me even going to the show paper, like you know people even and it's kind of like the first official uh, like stamp to say you know we have arrived that heavy box is here yeah. and it's all, it's, so that was big. Yeah. And I was within so months or within a month, six weeks or two months of, of launching as well. Yeah, six weeks, which, months. yeah, which was. Sure. Yeah. And so how did you actually get that PR coverage? Did they come to you or, um, yeah, how did that happen? Um, so we gifted one of the boxes to an influencer yeah. and um, she liked it. She, fun enough, she didn't really make any content out of it, um, yeah. but she really, really liked it. She told her friend and yeah. her friends happened to be the assistant, um, I think the assistant editor for the stylist mag, I believe, at the time. I and love that. she got in contact with us. Then we sent her a box. She loved it. And literally her last article before she left, um, she featured us. I love that. And I think that is a PR lesson as well. Like you got to, you can't hide under a bushel. You got to make connections, give your products out, let people experience it because amazing things happen mm -hmm. off the back of that. So is there any kind of final words that you would want to give to anybody that's kind of launching or, you know, where you were, I guess, a year ago? What would you say? I think, I'd uh, probably say... Uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, I, I'll, I'll be quick. I'll, I'll say um, don't overthink it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. um, you can only be wrong, but just test, 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 test. Just yes. try it and then go from there. Don't think a launch has to be massive. You can always use yeah. it. But so the key good. thing is just launch. Yeah, I love that. There's a quote uh, me and me and Yemi read, I think, a few months ago that rang so true. I think the quote mm -hmm. said, um, if you're not embarrassed by 
the first version of your mm -hmm. product you've launched too late yeah. so i guess there's a couple of things you can take from that the first thing is you know it's fine to launch with an imperfect product and if you're waiting mm -hmm. for the line for it to be the right time right weather no covid you know, <laughs> Boris hasn't even announced when COVID's ending. So we can yeah, exactly. So I'm always been the kind of guy I wanna yes, we have to always move, you know, the best time is now and then we reiterate mm. along the way. And me and you do laugh at the first version of our products, put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's been so good speaking to you both. There's so many James in this, and I think you know, the whole vision behind launching this was really to um, inspire, encourage and educate people in terms of, you know, if you want to launch exactly that, don't let COVID stop you. If you validated your idea, um, go with it because founders like you are making a huge, not only success of it, but impacting lives. And I always say people are waiting. Sometimes we think it's just about us, but people are literally waiting for that idea because honestly i can't imagine having bought a subscription for any health product before this do you know what i mean people are literally waiting for that idea so this has been so helpful guys so inspirational um i just have like, before we go i think i have a couple more comments inspirational stuff all the best guys yeah and uh watching from watching from zimbabwe hi angeline I love my herbal teas. How can I get them here in Zimbabwe? Okay. Is that possible, guys? Uh, yeah, it should be. From the speak, side, uh, yeah? That should be possible, yeah. But I'll, I mean, drop us an email, um, okay. hello at herbiebox.com, and um, we'll see what we can do. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. Those of you that are joining live, catching the replay, thank you so much for joining. And I will see you in a couple of weeks' time. Um, with the next episode of COVID launch success stories. And thank you so much, Yemi and Paul. It's been a joy speaking to you. Thank you Thanks so much. Uh, cheers. Bye. Bye.